Olympic Channel podcast. 2018 is the year Serena Williams came back to tennis. Two Grand Slam finals after giving birth. But all the talk about her decision to stop breastfeeding after eight months got us thinking, can you really breastfeed and win in elite sport? I'm Ed Knowles, and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Each week, we find the best athletes and we ask them to go in deep about the biggest Olympic talking points. Sarah Story thinks that you can breastfeed and win in elite sport. Britain's most successful female Paralympian, a five-time Paralympic champion swimmer, she actually decided to switch to cycling age 27 and enjoyed even more success, picking up nine more Paralympic gold medals. During Rio 2016, she took the decision to continue breastfeeding. She says that coaches need to be more educated about the subject. So I started off by asking her if she really thought an athlete could be at the top of her game in sport and breastfeeding at the same time. Olympic Channel Podcast. Well, yes, because I've done it. Yeah, it's absolutely possible to breastfeed and be at the highest level of sport. Okay, let's talk about that then. In Rio 2016, when you became Britain's most successful female Paralympian, you were breastfeeding. Did you think that there was a benefit to you as an athlete? No, none of it was performance based at all. Um, For me, I actually asked our nutritionist about, um, you know, whether I should encourage her to to not be breastfeeding. because I didn't know if it would have an impact on my bone health. Um, so that's the only thing people sometimes ask about is whether um, bone density in a breastfeeding mum is reducing because obviously the the amount uh, that your body will um, provide what the baby needs ahead of what your own body needs. Um, and it will make sure there's always milk available. So if you're not eating enough, you'll get sick, but the baby will still have milk. Um, so it was just a question around, was there any um, danger to my bone density? which as a cyclist is a consideration anyway, non-impact sports. There's a lot of instances of low bone density, particularly in in the male peloton, I think, because they are less likely to be doing other um, activities because they have such long races. So their training hours are much, much longer. I think most of the women's peloton will spend a little bit more time perhaps in the gym um, or maybe doing something um, that's not just on the bike. So um, I asked the nutritionist and it was quite interesting. He said, no, one of the things that breastfeeding gives you is it also boosts your own immune system. So whilst your body will never prevent the baby from having milk and you'll get sick first, um, the extra immunity that you're providing to the baby benefits you. So you're constantly producing immunoglobules. The baby is living uh, a little bit off your immune system within the milk. So if you pick up a cold, then your milk will have the immunoglobules to fight off that cold. So the baby will benefit from drinking uh, mother's milk and the immunoglobules within that. So he said, if you um, try and wean her off breastfeeding ahead of the games in Rio, you might start finding that you get sick because your body is having to readjust to the fact that you don't have the same immune um, sort of response. So then that meant that there was... You know, it was just the logistics of being at a games with a breastfeeding child. Um, so I stayed outside of the village um, in order to, to, to kind of compensate for that. And in the end, it worked out to probably be the best decision because I was probably way more relaxed than being in the village. It was a completely different environment, completely different games as a result of not being in the village. Um, 
Paralympics GB were fantastic in supporting me to have the information I needed. We sorted everything out from a dope control perspective and I could continue to breastfeed Louisa, which was predominantly at nighttime then. Um, you know, when the child gets a little bit older, the breastfeeding journey tends to just be a nighttime journey. So feeding to sleep at night, maybe a, a short feed in the early hours of the morning and then the rest of the day. There, there is, it's all to do with emotional levels at that point as well. That's what I was, I was going to say. We spoke, we spoken to a doctor uh, who's like a, a world leader in um, breastfeeding and breastfeeding research and its, and its effect on um, performance in like the athletic world, Dr. Greg Davis. And he said there's no proven link, positive or negative, that there's a physical uh, effect on performance. But whenever I read your story, I always think, the first thing that strikes me is that because there's such a strong bond clearly with your kids as a mother, there's got to be a mental benefit there to to breastfeeding. Do you, do you think that that has, has, has been a benefit to you or am I putting words in your mouth? <laughs> no, no, I think you're right. And I think a doctor will only ever speak from a physiological point of view. Emotionally, a child will be much calmer near the mother's breast. Um, you only have to see a baby that's extremely upset soon as mum picks it up and puts that baby to the breast they're instantly relaxed calm they suck and they suddenly they might just drift off to sleep especially a very very overtired baby um so it, it's both ways it's both for the baby and for the mother and certainly I think for me knowing that I can still produce and provide for my child um means that when I do this incredibly selfish job of being an athlete where you have to be so self-centered and so self-absorbed for the hours that you're training and racing it kind of gives me that yin and yang, which I've I've spoken about before. Yeah, I think it's 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 hard, isn't it? I suppose you're trying to have that. You've got two jobs basically there, haven't you? And you're trying to balance both of those things off against each against each other. And one of those things is always going to well, I suppose you don't want either to win in like that kind of binary way. But one is always going to be what above the other, I suppose, isn't it? Well, I think the priority is always the baby. And I think every mum, you know, Laura Kenny said the same and Serena said the same. Um, every mum that I've spoken to, that first six months, you can't really expect too much of your body. And the only thing that any of us have ever expected in cycling is that we might be able to get back onto the track um, in order to race because the, the power to weight element of the, the, the velodrome isn't there like it is on the road unless it's a pan flat course. So for me, when I was looking to get back into the World Championships in uh, March of this year, when Charlie was um, nearly five months old, um, I was probably a good six kilos heavier than I would have liked to be. But for the individual pursuit, which is a power event, some of that extra body weight for me was muscle. Um, I gained 26 kilos with Charlie. Um, but some of that was gaining muscle to be able to haul the bump uphill because we live on the top of the hill. So training <laughs> through pregnancy built muscle for me. Um, which was proving to be useful back on the track. I was producing some really quick times, um, which kind of defied a little bit the body weight I had at that point. So I think when you're a breastfeeding mum and you're coming back and it's that first six months, um, you have to kind of ignore what the scales are saying, especially for events where it doesn't matter, and just focus on feeling good and, and, and feeling like an athlete again. Um, but without you, you, you can't ignore the baby's coming first, whether you like it or not, your baby's coming first because... <laughs> They'll shout far louder than a coach, believe me. Um, and it's really important as well because a happy baby makes your uh, you know, makes your life easier as an athlete. If your baby's settled, 
and it's not crying, it's not upset, then you can focus on the job that you've got to do. Um, so for me, training in that first six months meant that Charlie was at the other end of the velodrome in the public section and I would stop between efforts, throw a towel over me and, and feed him and breastfeed him in, in, in the track centre. Uh, and once he was settled again and some of that time it was rocking into sleep. And then when he was asleep, keeping on rocking, Barney was moving the pram and kind of one swift movement, put him down in a coat that smelt of me and keep him moving. Um, so you could quickly jump up on the track and do another kilometre effort or whatever it was and then quickly back down if you'd woken up again and feed him again so it was um probably quite amusing to people watching but this is the best way because my efforts were superb because I knew that he was well looked after and to be honest it was the same before with Louisa um I raced it five months when she was five months old and we had the same process the bit that caused the controversy I I think was when the coach says it's difficult to play high level sports and breastfeed at the same time you cannot exercise in the way the way that you want, so you're obviously not in the shape to compete. Well, I think that um, he's he's not got any experience of a breastfeeding mum succeeding at the highest level. So without the knowledge, he won't have the um, ability to say anything else. Um, his job is to coach Serena. Um, he he has to make a massive adaptation as well. And I think it's interesting if you look at Tony Minicello when Jess Ennis came back from having Reggie. Um, he, 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 he was open and said, oh, my goodness, I didn't think she was going to do it when she turned up on his doorstep to tell him that she was pregnant. And, um, you know, it, it's a massive, massive change for the coach as well. So it's one thing, um, you know, coaching an athlete, but it's one thing, a completely different thing, coaching an athlete mum. And suddenly you have to change um, the, the approach that you're taking. You have to consider the, the, the small person that that athlete mum is looking after and all the other things that come with it. So hopefully um, he'll have seen that if she's still breastfeeding and she's competing and she's, you know, second at Wimbledon, perhaps it's not the win that they wanted, but the baby's less than a year old after all, um, that it is possible to compete at the highest level because there's a very big difference. Competing at the highest level doesn't mean to say you have to win. It's you're competing to try and win. Um, and if you don't win, it might not really be the breastfeeding. That might be the excuse. That might be the handy thing to blame. It might be something else. Um, and you won't be in the same shape initially because your body has to recover from a huge trauma. And for Serena, with the, the added complication and, and nearly dying and the blood clot, then that recovery is going to take even longer. And that's got nothing to do with breastfeeding. And the fact she could establish breastfeeding after such a major trauma um, is also a huge testament to the, the support she obviously got because there are complications that mean that the body will just shut down in shock. If she did nearly die because of that blood clot, then that could have been one of the things. So it's a huge, huge um, success story, really. And the fact that she'll keep coming back stronger and stronger. Um, the hormones for breastfeeding do make your body a little bit less, um, if you sort of strong in some ways and you might end up with a separation in your abdominal muscles because there are still hormones in your body um, while you're breastfeeding but they do gradually decline um, and certainly um, by the time the baby's two there's no reason why even if she was still breastfeeding that anyone would even notice um, that there was a difference in her so he'll he'll he's on a massive learning journey too and perhaps he would change what he says in another 12 to 18 months time because he's seen her go through that and um, for me, I was very fortunate. My coach has got two children and his other half breastfed their two children until they were both two years old. 
Um, so I sort of asked him a lot of questions as well, um, because I was absolutely sort of so inspired by the fact that she'd breastfed for so long. And then when I ended up on that journey, I was like, wow, that's just like, it, it, it is very rewarding. So, um, yeah, so this coach, he's, he's, he's learning a lot too. And people need to realize he's probably not saying it to, to be controversial. He's saying it because he hasn't got any other experience. I've got a quote that you said, being an athlete, you have to be very strict about certain certain things. Doing something for someone else helps me strike a balance between selfishness, the selfishness of being an athlete and the selflessness of being a mother. No, it is a good balance. It's the yin and yang that you need in your life. And I also think as a mother and as an athlete mother, you spend a lot less time worrying about your, your the things that might have gone wrong in sport. Um, so if you come back from a race and it's not gone as well as you'd like, you've got a small person or two who don't really care. Um, they're just quite happy to see you back and in one piece, as can be the case for a cyclist. Um, so, no, I think it's I think it's hugely positive. And um, there are more and more athlete mums appearing and appearing at the highest level um, because I think it's a massive testament to the fact that within the UK anyway, we have a a UK sport lottery funded program that's allowed athletes to continue and be supported um, medically beyond, um, you know, perhaps what they would have been their normal lifespan as an athlete. And um, if you get an injury now, it's not a medical support for while you're pregnant. It's when you're injured or you're ill, there's that backing to, to allow you to recover and come back. So we're seeing older and older athletes as a result of that. And as a natural progression for those athletes being that little bit older, some of them will start families before their career is over. Um, but I think, interestingly, most of the women that have started a family during the course of their career are the ones that have achieved everything they've ever wanted to achieve. And it's now in a bonus time. If they don't come back as successfully, they have no pressure to do so. Um, but it would be an added bonus if they do. So I think um, I think it's a really great thing. And I'd like to think that perhaps one day we'd change um, to, to the point that I think it's the American women um, soccer team. They travel with nannies. They have a big in sort of inbuilt support network because so many of that team are also mothers and have children traveling, uh, school age children traveling as well. And um, so that's the next big debate is, um, you know, how you manage your child on the road with their education. And ultimately, Serena will be the ultimate in that because the tennis world travel um, and it's much harder to manipulate. Um, I'm going through that journey at the moment because not all of my world championships will be in school holidays. Um, and I have an incredibly supportive school um, that Louisa goes to, which is actually where I went to as well. Um, and we homeschool on the road. So this is the next sort of um, the next big discussion, I guess, is the education of that baby. Um, everyone is always very interested in how a baby is fed and, um, and they can be very judgmental on, on both sides. And it shouldn't be like that. Um, and the child will be fed and it will be looked after. And then there'll come a point when it needs to be educated and everyone will be able to educate their child in a different way according to their circumstance. So I expect that will be the next big um, discussion point. But for me, being mummy teacher is, is also a very interesting thing. And Louisa certainly enjoys our mornings when I'm mummy teacher uh, because we're on the road during term time. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. Thank you very much to Sarah there. So what do the experts say? Dr. Gregory Davis is a professor at Queen's University in Kingston, Canada. He's been practicing for 22 years. The majority of his research focuses on exercise and pregnancy. Andrew Binnett from the Olympic Channel podcast asked him this first. Does breastfeeding have an effect on physical performance? 
Olympic Channel Podcast. The simple answer to the question is that breastfeeding should not impact athletic performance. However, many women who are breastfeeding and trying to juggle other activities, whether that be returning to work, uh, whether that be time with their other children uh, when they're at home, uh, or whether that be competing uh, at the highest level, uh, breastfeeding takes time. And it takes time away from other activities. And perhaps in Ms. Williams' case, that meant time away from uh, the intense workouts that she's known for doing um, and the hours in a day that are required to be able to compete at that high level. The science would suggest that on average, uh, women who are followed postpartum will lose weight if they're breastfeeding. Um, it may not have been at the rate that Ms. Williams or her coach desired. Um, by stopping breastfeeding, for certain that would allow more time to focus on training. And um, the positive results that come from training, with, in her case, with respect to weight loss. But there's no science to say that the fact that she stopped breastfeeding increased her rate of weight loss. Um, from a scientist's point of view, I think that it was more likely that she had more time to focus on her training, which resulted in the um, uh, goals that she was trying to achieve. Olympic Channel Podcast. Thanks to Andrew Binner, who did the interview, and also to Dr. Gregory Davis. And remember, if you had some views on this week's episode, then get in touch. It's always nice to hear from you. So I'm really pleased to announce that we will be doing a daily podcast from Buenos Aires for the Youth Olympic Games. Olympic Channel will be the place to watch the events live and see all the highlights. The podcast, though, will be your place to catch up with all the news and have some really great interviews from in and around the Games. There are some unbelievable athletes coming over as ambassadors. We will be speaking to them. There will also be some unbelievably amazing stories that will happen in Buenos Aires and we'll be all over them. I've stuck a link in with all the information about the Youth Olympic Games itself in this episode's description. The reaction to last week's podcast was really positive, so thanks to everyone who got in touch about it. Olympic bronze medalist rhythmic gymnast Marta Panini did a naked interview about the importance of looking at our bodies in a positive way. A.Volleyball underscore fan on Instagram said, Why should anyone non-criminal be judged at all? We should be appreciated for who we are and at worst, just politely ignored. That episode is available now. I urge you to go and have a listen. If you liked what you heard on this episode, then we would love it if you gave us a five-star review on iTunes and wrote some nice words about us there too. If you want to hear the world's best talking about the biggest Olympic talking points every Wednesday, then give us a subscribe. All those things help other people to find us too. So thank you very much if you are a subscriber, if you're a reviewer that's left us a little message. That's so important for other people finding us. So thank you very much. That is it for now. See you soon. Think like an Olympian.